Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can come to you. We thank you that you give us revelation through your word. And this morning we pray that you would reveal personally to each one of us the things that you would have us see, the application, the action steps, um, just the revelation that you have for us. So, Father, we just come to you now. We commit this time to you. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. All right, I'm going to read this chapter first. Um, there's a lot going on here. And then we also want to take a look at this in the context of what's just happened before this in a couple of chapters and then what's coming after. But let me read this first for you. So the title is The Covenant Confirmed. Uh, then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. You are to worship at a distance, but Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The others must not come near, and the people may not come up with him. When Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stones, 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young Israelite men and they burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in bowls, and the other half he splashed against the altar. Then he took the Book of the Covenant and read it to the people. They responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Um, then uh, Moses then took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Moses and Aaron and Adab and Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of uh, lapis lazuli, as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against his leaders of the Israelites. They saw God and they ate and drank. The Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and stay here. And I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commandments I've written for your instruction. Then Moses set out with Joshua, his aide, and Moses went up on the mountain. He said to the elders, wait here for us until we come back to you. Um, Aaron and her are with you, and anyone involved in the dispute can go to them. When Moses went up to the mountain, the cloud covered it. And the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. 
For six days, the cloud covered the mountain. On the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud. To the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain and he stayed on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. All right. So I think my first observation I want to um, give us here is if we look back to Exodus 20 through 23, um, we have Moses receiving the Ten Commandments. Okay, coming up. Oh. Am I still good? Okay, I got a little pop up there. Um, but a lot of rules and boundaries have been set, so they're, they're in the desert right now. So I think we just need to recognize that in this place, in this desert, God is declaring his covenant, right? This chapter is all about his covenant and preparing his people for the best that's yet to come. So they're in a desert, but yet he's giving them this promise. He's, he's confirming with them that he, you are, they are his people, right? And so uh, there's affirmation happening, right? You are my people. There's revelation happening. He's saying, come up and I'm going to give you my words. Yeah, come and be with me. Bring some people with you. Um, this, so there's this aspect of fellowship that's happening. And then, of course, there's instruction that's happening. So I think we just need to recognize some of these themes as we go into this chapter. And then also just think about, you know, are you in a desert right now? And if you are, what is God trying to tell you? Your desert might be um, looking for a job, right? You're looking for a new job. You are looking to move. You're looking for a place to stay. You are, I don't know what it is, but your desert could be almost anything. But the point is, in that desert, are you seeking God? Are you hearing from God? And are you getting revelation from him? As the Israelites experience right now in this, in this chapter. So let's start there. Okay. So what is your desert and what is God trying to teach you in the desert? Okay, so I'm going to jump into the first couple of verses here. Um, around verse one through three. And the Lord says, come up. Um, come up, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and bring 70 of the elders. You are to worship at a distance, but Moses alone is to approach the Lord. The others must not come near, and the people may not come up with him. And when Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. Okay, so there's a lot going on right here. So, first of all, he says, come up, right? but you alone must come. So we're reminded that God spoke through um, Exodus 20, 23, that he's talking to Moses alone, often saying, hey, I want to talk to you as a leader. So there's importance in that. Now the others had to keep their distance and worship from afar. Now we have to recognize that Moses had this special access, right? 
So God spoke to Moses, Moses spoke to the nation. Um, here's the interesting part. So Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments. When the people heard the law of God, they responded with, with complete agreement. So they answered with one voice, okay? They heard and they said, we'll do that. And I think today, how often do we hear the Lord of the word of the Lord, but we don't actually act on it and do it, right? Often he's saying, hey, hear what I'm saying, but now go do it. So don't just hear it, but do it, okay? Uh, verse four, okay, verse four through seven, okay, we see that they got up early, built an altar in the foot of the mountain, um, there were the stone pillars representing the tribes, and he sent the young Israelite men. Uh, verse 6, Moses took half of the blood, put it in bowls, and the other half he splashed against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. They responded, we will do everything the Lord has said, we will obey. Okay, so I think one of the biggest observations here is Moses wrote all the words of the Lord, right? So in the previous verse, we had a verbal agreement. And now Moses go, okay, I'm going to write this down just to make sure you don't forget because you have a pretty short memory. So Moses wrote all the words of the Lord. And we have to recognize the importance of God's word, the fact that he wrote it down and recorded it. Right, this is not a, a time where people had books and electronic things and, you know, it was kind of um, unusual, you know, things were written on scrolls, it wasn't the easy thing to do, but the fact that things are written down was important, right, there was a way to preserve what God was saying. Um, the other reason it was important was if things are written down, that means it's for everyone, it's not just for one person. So God was making an individual covenant, did not make an individual covenant, individual covenant with its own arrangement for each Israelite. But there was one covenant, I hear alarm in the background. Um, so the same is true today that we are under a new covenant, but it's one covenant for all of us. Now, we all have a personal relationship with God, right? But that covenant is for all of us, right? It's not an individual arrangement that he has with each person. The covenant is the same for, for all of us. Um, all right, so we all fall under the authority and the power of the word of God that is given us. Okay, I'm going to skip this little part here. Um, okay, so... We also have this, this idea of sacrifice here, right? Uh, the offered offerings and peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And so it is in this, um, the covenant is made in the context of sacrifice, right? Now, sacrifice reminds us that we fall short because of our sin, right? We have a sin problem and that problem can only be solved through the death of a substitute. So we don't sacrifice anymore today because Jesus is the one, right? Who was the atonement for us and he was the only one who could pay that price and be the atonement um, for us and so he has paid that price. 
So through the shedding of Jesus' blood, we have been set free from that curse, right? So he is the atonement uh, for, our, for our sin. Okay. So, okay, in verse four, we see there was a response to God's word, right? So, oh, hold on one second. I hear my child is getting ready for school. I'm back. I have a child who's not feeling great, looking for medication. <laughs> All right, back to school. All right. Um, where was I? Okay. Now, the other significance of Moses taking that blood, and he used half of it on the altar, half on the people, was this, there's this idea of the sealing, right? So through the blood of the sacrifice of Jesus, there is a sealing. So we are sealed in that promise of God's covenant with us. Um, there's nothing magical about that blood, but it is a reminder that there's an outpouring of one life to save another. Right? Let's not forget that, right? There's a giving of a life to save our lives. That's pretty significant. Uh, Matthew 26, 28 says, the blood of Jesus' covenant saves us. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. It's just a reminder that it is Jesus who does that for us. So, and then we got to remember that it is in the blood of Jesus' covenant which is the foundation of our growth and maturity in Christ, right? So in Hebrews 13, 20 to 21, it says, now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Love that first, right? So it is through that that we can become equipped and grow in our faith and be used for Christ. Okay. We're doing okay on time here. All right. So let's go to, I think, my favorite part of this chapter. So verse 9 through 11. Uh, Moses and the 70 went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, as bright as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God and they ate and drank. So verse 10, I think the first thing here is um, they go up, right? And verse 10 says, they saw the God of Israel. So how did they see him? Well, they had to go to him, right? So I think a little application here is um, go to God, right? Um, we can't go up in a physical, um, we can't go up a physical mountain like they did 
uh, we go through intercession, we go through entering into worship, we go through um, his word through prayer. So there's an entering in to this fellowship with God. Worship is a way to enter in, um, prayer, whatever it is, but there's intentionality of coming to God, right? So that we can be with him. And then as we're with him, there's revelation that happens. Um, we won't see or hear from God if we don't have intentionality, right? So we have to come to him. Verse 10, um, uh, it says that the leaders saw God, but I remember that we can't behold God, right? We are sinful humans. And so it's kind of understood that Probably they saw some kind of presence or manifest, manifestation of God. And it talks about this um, lapis lazuli, which is actually a, a blue gemstone, so which is also used um, in Ezekiel 28, where it, where it says this, verse 13, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned you, uh, carnelian, chrysolite, emerald, topaz, onyx, and jasper, lapis lazuli. Yes, mentioned, and it is thought that um, this is a representation of the throne of God. That they're actually seeing—they're um, not seeing God fully, but they're seeing God's glory and His throneship and His His um, basically the Shekinah is probably present here. But so they're seeing, but they're not seeing fully. I think is what we need to understand. So. Um, later in Exodus, the Lord informs Moses that nobody can look fully into God's face and live. And we, we see that in scripture several times, right? So the leaders that were looking were experiencing a version of God that he was allowing them to see. Um, 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says this, For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. But then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I'm fully known. So um, if nobody can see God, we might think we can't really know him, right? But God makes himself known to us um, through scripture, right? So John 1.18 says, no one has ever seen God, except for Moses, but... Uh, the one and well, I, Moses, even when Moses was with God, he hid his face in the rock, remember, as the glory of God went by. So we don't know at this stage if we fully saw God yet. But no one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father and has made him known. So, how do we see God? Well, we see God through Jesus, right? Because Jesus has made God known. Um, he is the word of God made flesh. And Jesus shines with the light of God. So if we know Jesus, we know God. If we see Jesus, we see the heart of God. Okay. So application here is um, the more we look at Jesus, the more we will know God in truth, the more we will see him and know him, right? Now, I think there's some action here that we've been called to because um, 
we see Jesus in the faces and actions of other people, right, of Christians. And when we are his hands and feet, when we operate in love with grace, when we forgive, when we feed the hungry, when we bind up the brokenhearted, Jesus makes himself known, right? Um, Matthew 25, it says, as much as you did it unto the least of these, you did it unto me. And so Jesus is saying, when we are his hands and feet, you know, we make him known to others so others can see God, others can see Jesus through our actions. You guys still tracking with me okay? Doing all right? Thumbs up there? All right, good. Um, okay. So... You know, the point there is not exactly what they saw. The point is that they experienced and saw God, and then they had a response from that. So verse 11 says, uh, part of that verse says they ate and drank. So I think this is fairly significant. Not only are they there in his presence, but they actually eat and drink. And so there's a sense of fellowship that God is wanting them to experience with his with each other but with him right so god is creating this environment of fellowship we have these 74 men about in the presence of god eating and drinking together and i think they were probably pretty united right if you're in the presence of god together i think there's going to be unity um, amongst them so this is a way of god um, trying to develop community with them um, I have this child looking for medication. <laughs> okay. Okay, so now in those days, a shared meal was a very common way of sealing a covenant, right? So if you look throughout the Bible, eating together is a way of sealing a co covenant. So God is saying, hey, I want you to come together and then we're going to seal this covenant. So uh, application point here is we have to recognize the value of corporate fellowship, right? When God calls us to come together so that we can experience God, that we can sit, so maybe it's in connect groups, maybe it's in corporate worship at church, but there is something special that God does in those times where he wants to bring us into unity with his word and with each other. So let's not miss that. Okay, um, verses 12 through 18. Okay, so the Lord said, come up to the mountain and stay here, and I will give you the tablets of stone with the law and commandments I've written for the instruction. So God's now saying, hey, I'm going to give you specific things. Um, if you follow these, these 10 commandments, you're going to be okay. So here's my rules and regulations. It's going to help you and prepare you for when you do enter into the promised land. So you've just come out of this place of chaos. But as you go ahead, I want you to have parameters and guidelines and a way that you should live. Um, verse 13, then Moses set out with Joshua, his aid, and Moses went up on the mountain of God. He said to the elders, wait here for us. Until we come back to you, Aaron and her are with you. 
and anyone involved in the dispute can go to them. So there is an order here, right? God is saying, come on, but I have some order established here. So we have experienced this pretty recently where uh, Pastor Brennan took his sabbatical and it wasn't about um, taking a vacation, it was about going up the mountain. And so as he went up the mountain to hear from God, the elders, like Doug was on this call, you guys are in charge. Um, if there's any issues, go to them, settle issues, but there's an order, right, in God's um, way of doing things. So uh, when Moses went up the mountain, the cloud covered it. Actually, I'm going to stop there for a second. Um, just going back to 1314. So just recognizing that Joshua, who went with him, right, was his aide at this point. And so we see that there's this call to, if you are the leader, if you are um, listening to God, if you are learning from God, that he's calling us to pass that knowledge on, right? So Joshua is his assistant, but that same Joshua became the leader that God used to bring the Israelites into the promised land. Um, he helps Moses in battle, Exodus 17. And then years, here he is assisting him with more of the spiritual things. So there's this kind of idea of um, we're not in this alone. We have to be raising up others on this journey with us. Um, the others are left behind to lead. Okay. So on the mountain, um, the cloud covers the mountain. Moses went, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. Okay, so there's a lot of significance here. So um, this is the Shekinah glory, right? This incredible presence of God that's settling on the mountain. And that word settled um, is a word that... Um, I think he used the word tabernacling with us. So God settled on the mountain. So he was creating a resting place, a place where he would be. And then actually in the next chapter tomorrow, uh, which you will have to read yourself, um, it talks about how God creates a tabernacle. So God is, God is settling on the mountain with Moses. But in the next chapter, he's saying, I'm going to be with you, create the tabernacle where I will dwell with you. Now, uh, we're in a place now where we are the tabernacle, right? We are the temple that God lives in. So that's an incredible gift that God has given us. So he demonstrates this with Moses, but knowing that in the future that we are going to be the temple that God lives in, we're going to be the place where he dwells personally. Um, a few other things in this, these last few verses, um, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. And so there was an invitation, a welcoming, right? Um, God called to Moses and told him, come close to me. So God is saying, you can come close to me. It is safe, right? This is a safe place. I will keep you safe and reveal myself to you under the new covenant. And in the light of the word of God and under the sacrifice of Jesus, 
God dares us to draw near to him, right? So I think this is my kind of final application here is God is calling us in, right? If we will go to him, if we'll allow ourselves to enter in, um, he's saying, draw near, I will keep you safe and I will reveal your, myself to you. So um, because of the covenant I have with you, the covenant that's been established through Jesus Christ, right? By the shedding of his blood, by the atonement of his sin. And so I think that's our challenge this morning is to go up the mountain, to draw close to him, um, to allow him to reveal what he wants to, to reveal to us. It is a safe place. And in that place, revelation will come if we are willing and bold enough to enter in. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of good stuff in this chapter today. Um, my challenge to all of us is to go up the mountain, to enter in, you know, and allow God to bring that revelation. You know, maybe we're in a, in a desert place like they were and to figure out what god is telling us we have to go up to him to allow him to invite us in to be with him to to, to dwell with him so so um thank you for you know the call i'm going to pray and we are going to call it a day all right so let me pray father we thank you for your word we thank you that you invite us in that you want to dwell with us that you want to reveal um things to us that you want us to do actions you might want us to take father we thank you for the covenant the new covenant covenant that you have uh, for each one of us that is established through jesus christ the giving of his life for us father thank you that you loved us enough that you valued each one of us that you wanted us to give us that free gift of jesus christ so father we thank you we love you we thank you for your word and the revelation it brings. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.